Welcome back to Limbach Unlocked. Let me ask you this. How do you feel about sharks? Snakes? What about heights? Or spiders? Have any of these words sparked a glimmer of fear? I hope not too much, but I will say, if it has, you're not alone. Humans naturally recognize hazards to us and our survival, but why and how? And what can we do about it? Hazard recognition is the name of the game in our company and in this industry, so we brought in an expert to talk to the importance of hazard recognition and the importance of making safety a cultural component of who we are and what we do. Keith Sneed, our Ohio Safety Director, has a lot to say on this topic, so without further delay, I'm Katie Mystery. Let's get started, shall we? Welcome, Keith. Thanks so much for joining us today. No problem. It's good to be here. So let's start with just some general niceties here. What's your background with safety? And then let's also talk about what's your background with this company? So, uh, ironically, I actually got into this career by accident. Uh, after I had graduated from college, I went up and uh, I graduated with a sociology degree, kind of moved back towards my hometown and was working at a firehouse as an EMT, uh, working at some restaurants, I was a server, I was playing volleyball on the weekends, and a guy I played volleyball with needed some help at a steel mill and safety and talked me to come over and help him out every once in a while. And that was 1997, and I've been in it ever since. So. So from volleyball to a leader of safety at this company. Yeah, it makes sense. Complete sense. <laughs> um, and then what about in that in-between time when you, so you started in 1997 and you've kind of been all over the place within the industry, but could you give us a little bit more background of what kind of construction you were working with? Yeah, before joining Limbach, which is about nine years ago, eight or nine years ago, I basically was working heavy industrial construction. So anything to do with, uh, let's say steel mills, quite a few auto manufacturing facilities. Uh, I was worked for General Motors Direct for a while, working out of Oklahoma City, uh, uh, Fremont, California, uh, Arlington, Texas. And so I got to visit multiple places part of the country, came back to Ohio and started working with a heavy industrial contractor that put me in power plants and nuclear plants. And then uh, I, I did step back for a while, got out of heavy industrial once for a company called Metler Toledo, and they, they manufacture scales. And mm. so that was pretty interesting. Look, manufacturing is definitely different than what we do in the construction world, but uh, absolutely enjoyed getting back into construction when I came back over here. So one of the big pushes that we've seen in our company has been on making safety more than just a priority. And I know that a big part of that was because of our CEO, but also when you joined, it became more of this idea of, well, our hearts and minds should both be committed to this idea of safety where we do everything we can to eliminate and prevent injuries and incidents at home and in the workplace. What was the big push for you behind that? Like, why why get behind that so fiercely? Actually, it's just because anything you decide to do in life, you've got to put everything into it. Hmm. Uh, otherwise you're just not really 
You know, if you're going to be a professional salesman, you've got to put everything you want into it. If you're going to be marketing and learning, you've got to put everything that you yeah. have towards it. And so, you know, that's my job. And so mine's safety. So obviously I'm going to put my heart and mind to it and everything I can do and and hopefully pass that information on that bring that pulls you along with it and, and brings you into that mix. Uh, I've said over and over again, my job or at least leadership skills is really just trying to improve habits. So yeah. trying to get people to go up and be a little bit better than they were yesterday at something, something as simple as uh, a seatbelt to simply as filling out the forms the way somebody wants them filled out or, or, or <laughs> yeah. somebody just trying to improve your habits just a little bit every day. And then as part of that habit improvement, more recently, we've been thinking about this idea of situational awareness when it comes to safety, especially. So where and how does situational awareness play into this larger safety conversation? So situational awareness is, I mean, we try to tell everybody, and if you pay attention to even like the news and stuff, hey, you should always know what's going on around you, et cetera. And, and really, so it falls right into what I call hazard recognition. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what are the hazards that are around you right now where you're sitting at? And what are they when you pull up to a four-way stop? And what are they? And, and so trying to get us to recognize those hazards is probably one of safety's biggest concerns in life is trying to get people to recognize them and, and, and see the hazards. So uh, we have been really, really pushing that over the last couple, well, a couple of years, but definitely over the last couple of months. What's kind of funny to me, though, is when you think about safety and construction, most often, and I've heard you say this too, most often people think about, well, am I wearing my safety goggles or glasses? Am I wearing my hard hat? You know, and, and that's not necessarily the hazard, right? No, not at all. And, and that's why we've been trying to kind of change our, our approach is that uh, not only are we say we talk about hazard recognition, but then what are you going to do about it? So everybody has a different perception on hazards. Everybody has a different risk tolerance level uh, and it all depends on what your behavior is going to be at the end so we have kind of taught everybody that hey hard hats and ppe and, and safety glasses and man don't mess those up and hey you got to do that yeah. do that but really we're not taking we're not really focused on the bigger picture which what is the real hazard what are the items that are going to hurt you what are the items that you know could truly i i will say uh, we call them significant injuries or fatalities. Those high energy events that could hurt you. Uh, we have a lot. We, we spent way too much time recently over the last well, ten years about PPE, and that's honestly the last resort. When you put on your your seatbelt when you go home today, or when you mm-hmm. put on your safety glasses when you go cut the grass, that's your last resort. That's that's just your hey, nothing else works, and that's the last thing that protects you. And so we're slowly trying to get people to get that get that perception that PP is the first thing and, and, and realize that's really the last, it's really your last resort. Is it, is that different based on the kind of work you're doing or is it last resort no matter what? Like if you're working, you know, you mentioned cutting the grass. I mean, are there things that you can do before putting on safety glasses to make sure that you're safe? Yeah, very much so. Um, so I used to have land and you, and you don't always have to walk it and get rid of all the, the brush and the nuts okay. and all the stuff that's everywhere that if it were to hit a blade, it's going to cause some serious damage to something. And then you have probably how I cut grass when I was 12 was you just started pushing and you went and you ran over whatever you could. And sometimes the blades worked and sometimes you hit us, you hit a piece of tree and the blade stopped. Um, yeah. 
so yeah, there's definitely things that we're trying to teach to do ahead of time is to eliminate those hazards to begin with or to, you know, and, and of course, you know more than anybody that probably in this company uh, about our, the pyramid and the hierarchy of control, but mm-hmm. uh, it, it's trying to go and get people to think ahead of time and not just, hey, let's throw these glasses on and now I'm perfectly safe and everything's great. <laughs> right, right. That's the easy thing to do is just throw the glasses on, <laughs> throw the hard hat on, throw the vest on. Yep, that's what makes everybody else happy. It makes me look good. And, and, and so we're trying to get people to think a little bit before that and kind of plan, planning ahead and knowing okay. what we're getting Okay. And when you, when you talk about hazard recognition, I just want to be clear on the definitions too. We naturally see hazards, right, as human beings, um, but we may perceive the risk of those hazards differently. So how does that come into this conversation too, where some people might not have any problem with being up, you know, many stories high and others might look at that and be like, oh, ain't no way. Yeah, that, honestly, it's one thing that I guess I've learned in my profession over the last couple of years is we actually really don't all see the different types of hazards. And if we do, our brain has a tendency to ignore some, um, either one, because we've already um, built a tolerance to it. So I, I always go back to, uh, you know, one thing that everybody that will listen to this probably does at some point in their life is drive. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, the first time you ever drove, your, your hazards was, oh, big, big truck or, you know, how, how, what the lane width is or, you know, something around or a stop sign or all these different things. And now your brain is kind of ignores all those. You, 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 the hazard's still there. So hazard recognition has changed amongst people. And so then you get into that perception you were talking about is how do you perceive it? Um, you know, so let's say we're talking about travel. You, you, you know, my perception of flying is fine. I, I have no problems flying. Other people, they'll never get in a plane ever in their life. They, they won't do it. And so then you start getting that tolerance level. How much will you be able to handle it? And we joke around the last couple of years, but we're even talking about spiders. I mean, we're talking about the tiniest little uh, bee, a spider, a, uh, a, you know, you and I've had conversations about whales. Now you got me all nervous. Yep. Mm -hmm. They're scary. And so how are you going to react towards that? And and that's the part that you don't know. Everybody reacts differently. And so um, trying to get people to understand that about themselves, you know, figure out what those hazards are, how you're going to deal with them, uh, you know, how you're going to behave around them. That's what we're, that's the habits we're trying to improve. And what's really cool about this whole conversation is I do feel as though, and and from talking to you and, and the other safety directors around our company, that safety has come a really long way as a function in an organization, especially within our industry. But one of the coolest things that I've seen is that it's no longer just about the PPE. It's more so about your mindset and um, being proactive and allowing that to shape behavior, which then will shape, you know, the culture of the company. And and so it becomes this really all-encompassing, like safety can't just be one function. It has to be everything we do, which is neat. It's neat to see that progress. No, absolutely. I mean, you know, I joke around, hey, safety pays, and it does. It's some of the funniest or most interesting conversations I've had with employees are, uh, and just recently, it just pops in my head, what one of the guy goes, he's kind of, he's kind of mad. He goes, I, I never thought I would actually, you know, do, do what you say sometimes. I'm like, well, okay, well, what does that mean? He goes, I caught myself wearing a seatbelt in my own car. And I'm like, wow, oh. shocker. I'm like, oh, okay, my bad. I mean, but that's kind of like, 
it, it's kind of like trying to teach them a why and hows and things of that nature. And then they start doing it in their own home life is, 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 is positivity for me. I mean, it's, it's fun listening to those things. Oh, and so, yeah. uh, that's, and so safety is everywhere. Everything from, like you said, what you do at home, uh, you know, the workplace, but then what Limbaugh can bring that I really am proud of is, Hey, we can start helping them other companies do better at this yeah. you know, as far as planning and training and, Hey, maybe you guys should have some fall protection here, or maybe we should go up and design something for you here. And mm-hmm. that's the fun part is watching our employees bring that up on their own. Yeah. And, and they, they don't realize it, but they're technically might be saving a life down the road and they just don't know it. I mean, it could be 50 years down the road. They may never know it. Right. But but you're right. I mean, our work is inherently dangerous and those dangers don't necessarily go away. So we've been kind of talking around what these hazards are uh, in our industry. We've mentioned driving. We've mentioned some things outside of the company. But let's talk about our work. What are the major hazards we could come up against in the field? So it's kind of a trick question over the last couple of years. Um, we used to always have just a list of things that, hey, maybe we might look over and, and see if that's a hazard today and, and, and giving the guys kind of a, a cheat sheet. And we've been lucky enough is that um, we've come across what we're calling the energy wheel. Uh, the energy wheel basically names the 10 most uh, energy items that we are around that could go up and to cause us harm. And so... You know, I don't want to get into detail each one, but gravity, motion, uh, mechanical, electrical, pressure, sound, radiation, biological, chemical, and temperature. Those 10 items, we are around all those all the time. Sometimes we recognize them. A lot of the times we don't. Mm-hmm. And so we've really been pushing people to take a look at each one of those areas, those 10 areas in your work in your workplace and see if there's something you need to do about it. And maybe not, maybe not always, you know, maybe there's nothing, there's no chemicals you're working around today or, you know, the, the temperature is perfectly fine or it's not very loud or, or whatnot, but at least starting to get our brains to, to think about those 10 items and see if there's anything we need to do about them. Yeah. Yeah. And then that makes sense too. And in the conversations that we've had, um, you and I, as well as with other employees, there are certain things we see first and I the science behind that is really cool and I know we'll get into that a little bit later but we do have people working in a lot of different environments sometimes it's confined space and so where would those energy wheel items come up in confined space and then where would they come up if you're working out in an open space but you might have a craned load that you're dealing with so it's it really is that situational awareness that you were talking about earlier. Yeah, it, it all falls back to right situational awareness and hazard recognition. And that's where the energy wheel kind of helps you along the way. So like you said, hey, if you're working in a confined space, well, going through and going through those top 10 items and, hey, is there any gravity issues or anything that's, you know, could fall or, or you know, you could trip over or something that causes something to, to fall down. And no, there's none of that today. Okay. Or, or yes, there is. By the way, I'm going to climb into this confined space. Okay, mm. how are we going to climb down there? You know, is it a ladder? Do we need to be, maybe you might have to go down a rope. I mean, there's all kinds of weird things we get into. And so taking that time to go through each one of those uh, energies, figure out what items we have and then how we're going to deal with that. You know, how, how are we going to deal with a, a mechanical issue or an electrical issue? Mm. Uh, we do a lot of high pressure work and you know, high pressure testing. 
Uh, and the one that kind of shocks me that people forget about all the time is sound. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm going deaf too. I, at least I feel like I am. Um, you know, I think we all naturally lose sound, but we've been around so many loud things, our lives. That's one of those ones that you don't know right away that you're, that, you know, you're, you're going to be in trouble with. Oh yeah. That's, that's the slow, the slow burn, right? Where 15 years from now, you might be like, eh, what's that? Yeah. And, I, and that, I'm kind of at that part right now in my life where, <laughs> no. <laughs> no. so, so that it is, so what have you been around? What's real, you know, and, and then are we doing something about it? So, okay. Yeah. It's a little loud, but it's not that loud. That's kind of the attitude sometimes. And, but, and now that you we recognize it, you know, what are we going to do about it? And, and yeah. it's, it's fun in my world and, and, and I, and I'm going to speak for all the other safety, safety professionals we have too, is when they pick all that up on their own and they, they start making their changes and, you know, they start calling us about, Hey, do you know about this or this or this? Mm. Um, literally my phone's off to the side here to the left. And there's messages, messages. And most of them are, it's just guys double checking or asking or seeing things. And that's, that's awesome. That, that's the amazing part of this job. Yeah. I know when you first introduced me to the energy wheel, the one thing that really stood out to me where I was like, yeah, I could see definitely gravity because that stuff could fall on me. Motion for sure because I don't want that spinning around towards me. You know, like you're definitely, it's that mindset of like, I don't want to get hurt by this stuff that I see moving or that I know, like electrical. Yeah, that makes sense. The one that got me was sound, but the other one was the biological hazards and temperature. So insects and animals and sun exposure i just i don't think about that and most people don't and that that's one interesting thing and like you said maybe we'll get to the science about it but there's been some major studies around this you know this isn't you know uh the safety guys coming up with stuff you know something you know some new new thing there's been some amazing studies uh that have developed these and the way the energy wheel actually is is placed and the reason that category is the way they are in that order is based on studies on what people see first to what mm. they'll see last. And, and so it's been real, it's, it's a real That's interesting true. conversation is like you said, you usually will pick up a gravity item first, a motion item, something that's moving. Uh, you know, if you were sitting somewhere and someone would fly past your, you know, your, your precipital, you know, you, you would turn and look at it. Like that's your yep. reaction. Yep. Um, so you have a tendency to start not, well, I don't see anything mechanical. I definitely can't see electric, you, you know? So you start slowly not recognizing hazards that are still there. And so yep. that's where the energy wheel is definitely extremely helpful to uh, remind people what those are. Yeah. Yeah. So let's, let's take a quick break from this chat. Cause I also want people to learn more about who you are and, um, just a little bit more about you. We're going to come back to the energy wheel for sure because there's a lot more to unpack there. But we are going to dive into who is Keith Sneed with a quick game. And this segment is called Let's Get Inspirational. All right. So I'm going to give you two real inspirational quotes and you just have to pick the one that resonates with you the most and tell us why. Okay. Okay. Sounds interesting. Okay. Well, I thought it was fitting because there's a lot of what our safety professionals do that is inspiring. So let's just, let's see how this goes. All right. Inspirational quote number one. Tell a person there are 300 billion stars in the universe and he'll believe you. Tell him a bench has wet paint on it and he'll have to touch it to be sure. Number two, don't worry about the world coming to an end today. 
It's already tomorrow in Australia. There you go. Your two inspirational quotes. Which one would you choose and why is it inspiring to you? Uh, inspiring to me directly. Oh, wow. I want to say the second one's probably a little bit more inspiring, but I really think the first one's better. Like, I, <laughs> it, it's just something about it, it's the way of the world. It's who we are. It's our natural. Uh, we've got to double check everything. We all do it. We all mm -hmm. test the wet paint. Um, and, and I'll be really kind of truthful here is uh, I probably wouldn't have a job if people didn't text the wet, touch the white, the wet paint. Yeah, I mean, that's true. Oh my I hate word. to say it, but you know, and, and, and then a lot, quite a few people know my, my, you know, my side job as well as I still enjoy working at the, you know, the firehouse on the weekends, every, mm -hmm. weekend, every, every so often or whatever. And uh, we joke around about there all the time as if somebody didn't do some silly stuff where you wouldn't be employed. And that's so, right. Yeah. So that first one's kind of, I'm sorry, but that I got to go with the first one. <laughs> I've never heard that before, but I really like it. I, it is one of those where when I read it, I was like, I got to ask Keith about this one because I think he'll resonate with it. It's but, so true. This is why you have a job. Wait, wait until, and I, and I know you're, you know, you're getting ready to start parenthood in life and wait, yeah. wait until that happens. Cause you're going to totally feel it when you, it doesn't oh. matter what you say. And they, you still, they're still going to try it. Oh yeah. I'm sure. Well, I know me, I know as my human brain, and, and we talk about this too, when we teach, uh, we teach a class together and we'll say, you know, you put a hot piece of pizza in your mouth and you say, ooh, ooh, ow, 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 no one else, just wait, blow on it. And the next person was like, well, I want to try it. <laughs> like, I don't believe you. you. You said that 10 seconds ago. There's no, yeah, it's fine now. No way it's still hot now. Yeah, no way. <laughs> Again, comes back to hazard recognition, situational awareness, believing other people. Like, we don't have to make the same mistakes in order to learn from others' mistakes. So, yes, that is very true. <laughs> it's like all said, related. I'm, I'm, we're slowly trying to change habits. Yes. Yeah. Them. And I'm glad this inspirational quote could feed back into that. So, let's pick up back on the real point of our conversation and talk more about this energy wheel you mentioned. Where did the energy wheel come from? And ultimately, what's the science behind it? Why is it changing this conversation around safety? Uh, the energy wheel was actually designed by a professor out of the University of Colorado by the name of Matthew Hollowell. He's an endowed professor. His whole life has been nothing but construction safety. Wow. And so, and I, I, I'm sure he's got a bio somewhere that gave me more details, but he's probably... Uh, probably actually probably right around my age but he's probably in his mid-40s or so and he's been doing this and the university of colorado after he started working on this the university of colorado came up with what they call uh the construction safety research alliance which is a um a, a team of uh construction companies from all over the world and so there's members from the united states uh, canada I, I luckily got to meet some people from uh, england and they are wow. they're doing nothing but studying construction safety and it's um it's not just a bunch of surveys and stuff they literally have put uh goggles on people's heads that can tell you the first thing they're going to look at and and how you know where your mind automatically goes uh when you're walking around a job site or what hazards you see first and and so there's some really neat uh true science behind this and, and, and so I've really been lucky enough that we've been to learn around these people uh, and, and figure out, you know, 
ways that we can truly improve safety in the construction world. Okay. So, and you mentioned before that typically gravity is the first thing that we see and they've studied this and they've seen using those goggles, using not just the surveys, but the actual on-site experience. They've noted that your situational awareness increases in all 10 areas after you've been exposed to the energy wheel, right? Correct. Yes. And, 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 they, and they deep dive into that. I mean, basically, there's, hey, there's two parts of your brain and one part of your brain is very, you know, automatic. Obviously, when you breathe and you walk, you, it's things mm-hmm. that you can it's deep in, into it. And then you have what you, your, and I should know these, but the, the outside of your brain is what exerts energy to uh, research and look for things and find stuff. And so people wonder is, hey, you can work out all day. And you're tired, but you're okay. But you can be reading a book or studying, and you're exhausted. Well, it's because it's because that part of mm-hmm. your brain is, is trying to understand whatever it is you're studying, and so uh, it puts out a lot more work. And so these studies have shown that uh, these ten items, uh, once you learn them and understand them and start using them, you'll start seeing them more. And then obviously now that you recognize them more, you can do something about it, or you know if you need to if you need to do something about it to uh, improve the safety behind it. Okay. The, okay. the, the other thing that they did that I find very impressive is not only they say, okay, here's the wheel and here's, you know, here's the hazards and hey, you should know these, but they came up with what they call basically high energy and low energy events. So every one of these categories, they have figured out a way, the math and the formula is, when is it truly dangerous for us? When is it truly going to hurt you? And so uh, an example of gravity is, you know, if you, if you, if you trip, over a step or trip over your own feet like i'm good at you're probably not going to fall that far it's going to kind of a low energy event you know i'm a we'll say 230 pound human being plus or minus 10 pounds Mm -hmm. Uh, if i were to fall from three or four feet and fall down okay that energy level equals a certain you know there's so much energy produced there but if i were to fall from six you know from 16 feet above then obviously it's going to cause a lot more damage a lot more to the human body and so yeah They've, they've created these studies based on each one of those area categories as to how much energy it is that you can, before you can truly, really get hurt. hurt. And um, they call it uh, significant injury and fatalities, SIFs. And so um, starting to use that in our day-to-day conversations where, you know, people will ask, how are you going to stop from dust getting in the eye? That's hmm. a tough one because you can just be walking down a hallway. It's one, it's one thing if you were, you know, you're throwing dust, you're doing some type of an event, a task that is producing some bad, but we've all walked down the hallway and got an eyelash in our eye. Like, you know what yeah, I mean? And, yeah. And so really taking the time to figure out, okay, so what are the high energy events? What is the, the stuff that can kill you? And then, you know, that's the stuff we absolutely have to make sure we have an answer to. And then the low energy events, of course, we want to get rid of them, but it's, it, it's not a, um, it, it's not as high uh, a need to, to mm-hmm. push the low energy events. Uh, and, and so, that, so it's like I said, it, it's all been very interesting working with them. Again, it's a construction, construction safety research alliance, mm-hmm. uh, amazing team, uh, companies that are a part of it. And we'll see where they go. There's still four or five yeah. studies they're studying now. Oh my gosh. I can't wait because I, you know, I nerd out over that kind of stuff too. Like I love the brain science behind why we do what we do. Um, and I appreciate that you have brought this to the company to kind of say, hey, accidents do happen, but we 
we can't live like that's okay and that's normal. Let's figure out how we can be proactive and prevent, you know, with honest intent to get rid of all of these um, high energy struggles that we have in this industry. So how can we implement these standards, these expectations that come from the energy wheel and come from making safety more than just a priority, making it cultural instead? How can we implement these things in our day to day? That'd be a long list. It's funny because <laughs> just thinking about it for a couple seconds brings up about 10 different items. But oh my word, here we but, go. But yeah, I mean, but one of the things I guess most people need to realize is most human beings are hurt at home um, mm-hmm. way more than they are at work. Um, and, and people always ask why that is. And well, we have safety rules there, da, 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 da. Uh, and there's some something behind that, some of that. But a lot of times we just don't go up and take the time to recognize hazards at home. And, we, and then we don't do anything about it. So, you know, what are some practical ways? This energy wheel, you, you know, it can be used outside the outside the workplace. It, it doesn't have to be just a construction field thing. You know, if you're taking the time and just thinking through these a little bit for before you start uh, a new project at the house, maybe it'll open up your eyes is that, you know what, I probably should have a better ladder than this. Or... Um, you know, maybe I should, and this is my thing, maybe I should back in parking instead of pulling in park. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so different things. So the wheel can be used that way as well as to trying to um, improve safety at home as well as the workplace. Okay. But it does come back to, as you were saying, pre-task planning or being proactive with your thinking. Yes, you're trying to change in your head your habits of what you're doing. You're trying to change that. And maybe you're not a person that wears seatbelts every day and, and slowly start doing it. And then you will naturally change a habit and, and mm-hmm. hopefully maybe start wearing seatbelts or um, you know, picking different ladders or um, adding CO detectors to your house or, mm. uh, you know, uh, bike helmets. You know, I mean, it's it, what's funny is most of us human beings, you know, we don't need a bike helmet. We're fine. Da, 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 but. I'll, I'll bet you make sure your kids are going to wear one. And so, um, right. so, so trying to realize that, uh, you know, the, it wasn't there when we were younger. So that's kind of what we felt, but, but still wearing a bell bike helmet is very, very smart. I, I have a 16 year old son that rides to work every day. He wears his helmet. I, I'm very proud of him. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, nothing I've ever pushed on him, but I, I called him the other day wearing it. And I'm like, uh, I, was, I was very proud of him. Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely a thank you moment because you know, Especially being in the in the uh, fire safety world too, you know the damage that can be done just from not caring about these little things or not being aware of these little things. And I say that with quotes because they could be big things. Correct. Oh yeah, very much so. So um, other ways you can change day to day. I mean, there's all, all kinds of things that's trying to improve stuff. Uh, you know, trying to change habits, but taking the time to think through it is obviously a big part of it. Planning ahead. Uh, you know, how are you going to um, and this might sound silly, but just say going out tonight, you know, what's your plans ahead to, for going out tonight? Some people, including myself, like to have a drink or two, well, maybe we should plan an Uber, you know, maybe we should plan a, 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 just to make things just a little bit better, just a little bit improving your habits. Um, you know, so there's all kinds of little things for you. We, our goal is to get your heart, like we said, our heart and mind dedicated to safety. We want that to be for yourself, for your family. And obviously for your fellow workers as well. Mm-hmm. So think things through. Again, I appreciate how you've bridged the gap between home and work and realizing that this doesn't just, safety does not just apply to 
suspended loads <laughs> and ladders. It applies to how you think and who you're with and planning ahead, like you said. So I think that that's one of the biggest takeaways from this whole conversation is really this is a universal application opportunity for our listeners, and it has dire consequences. As we get older, I think we think about it more than we do when we're 20 years old. And, mm-hmm. and as you start a family, you're going to start thinking, seeing things a little bit different. And it, it, it's interesting watching people uh, grow and change their habits on their own. But uh, it is something any, everybody can do a little bit better at. You know, take the time to think things through. Take the uh, uh, put your cell phone down in the car. I mean, that's a that's a huge, huge issue these days. And mm-hmm. uh, you know, keeping an eye out for those little things that you can just do a little bit better at. All right, awesome. And before we close today, I would not, I would be remiss if I did not ask you our famous curveball question. And the curveball questions are, uh, as you know, they have nothing to do with what we've talked about today. Although I'm sure we can find a way to tie it in. Forget about the curveball, Ricky. Give him the heater. If you could instantly become an expert in anything, what would it be? Holy moly, Batman. Uh, (laughs) Expert in anything. Um, Understanding the human brain. Oh, nice. Like a neuroscientist? Yeah, I think so. I think the the psychological behind it, the the, the mental health behind things. I, I think you could change the world if you truly understood why um you know happiness versus sadness and different levels yeah i think you could go up and really truly uh, make life a whole lot better for a lot of human beings that way well it's great to see your heart behind that question and and it also comes out in our company's core value of we care you definitely exhibit that in what you do every day but also in just the answers that you gave that we we really care about people we want you to go home safely every day. And so Keith, I appreciate the time that you've spent with us today. Um, And I am hopeful that we'll continue steadily, slowly to change the culture so that people start thinking proactively and start to change their habits. Thanks for your time. So maybe you've never heard of low energy or high energy events before. And maybe you have. The moral of the story here is to be aware of them. Make it a habit to keep your head on a swivel wherever you are, looking for what can kill you. It's not dramatic to say, especially because saying it over and over again, like we have, could save a life, your own included. We care, folks. It's our top core value for a reason. Catch you next time on Limbach Unlocked.